Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker here to tell you that the Stat Sheet Podcast is presented by Boxscore Network. Boxscore Network is your one-stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, or fantasy advice? Well, check out Boxscore Network and follow Boxscore Network on Twitter at Score Network for updates. Hello and welcome to the Stat Sheet Podcast brought to you by Box Score Network. I am Simon Short, not the normal voice you're used to hearing, so I'm sorry if I jarred you awake on, on the uh, way to work or something. But I am joined here at the top of the show by Ronan Summers. Ronan, first off, what's going on? Not a whole lot, Simon. First week of school, so uh, hitting the hey. books. Obviously, not not Madden. You're not you're not tweeting a bunch of Madden related things over the past week or anything. No, I haven't played Madden at all in the past week. What even is Madden? This past week has been all studying. It, you know, I got to get ahead in these classes, uh, Simon. Ronan's working on his uh, poker face here for the podcast that we have for you guys this evening, where we will be doing a draft of all 32 teams. We're doing eight rounds. We will have a guest drafter who I'll mention here at the end of this segment at the top. Um, And we're going to be doing our over-under draft, our official over-under predictions, which ones we like, which ones we don't like. So we're going to get to all that here in a little bit. Ben Parker will be joining us for that, of course. And uh, Robertson Fire, I'll go ahead and just reveal it, is going to be on as well. uh, Second time back on the podcast for Robertson. So first off, Ron and I are going to hit the news of the week as we normally do. And there's no news bigger to start with. Then the recent Jonathan Taylor update, just a, a couple hours here, uh, Monday evening, uh, Colts have granted Jonathan Taylor the right to go find a trade partner. Adam Schefter reported it first. I saw you know Rappaport also came in with some stuff, but Jonathan Taylor has the right to go out and talk to teams, see who he might like to play for, see who might like to give him an extension worth the money he wants. And then kind of come back with what they could offer, and the, and then the Colts will will do some talking. But Ronan, when you saw this news, what came across your mind? First thoughts? What what it, what's your analysis? What are you thinking? It, it was definitely a surprise, um, given the prior events. Right? It looked mm-hmm. like maybe Taylor and the Colts were yep. going to be able to make amends behind the scenes. Um, the the whale that Ursay had, yep, mm-hmm. you know uh, that you mentioned. Yep. Uh, put yep. some money into to be relocated. Unfortunately, passed away. Some R. money. R.I.P. Yep. Absolutely. Rest in peace. But some money was, in fact, freed up. So, you know, the question was raised. Hey, is, it, is Jonathan Taylor actually about to get some of that money? Which, you know, as, as silly as it is, it, it could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it still can happen. Doesn't seem very likely given the Colts have uh, given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. But. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is what Colts can get compensation wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we saw what CMC went for uh, yep. what, a year ago. So yep. I, I don't know if it'll reach those numbers because Taylor is coming off of, you know, a little bit of a shaky year. He's been banged up. So I, I don't know, Simon, uh, compensation wise, what are you expecting? Yeah, man, I have no idea. Like McCaffrey was already paid. Obviously, that means that the Panthers are still eating the majority of that contract. Um, 
He had come off of two injured seasons in 2020 and 2021, but had been healthy for what a, the first six or seven games, I think, in 2022 before the 49ers traded for him. And we know San Francisco was motivated to get a player like that and a player that fits their scheme so perfectly in the multitude of things he can do. Jonathan Taylor, like good rookie year, phenomenal year two when the offensive line was healthy and, and rolling on all cylinders and then hurt and not so good before he got hurt in year three. Like that's not really a, a resume to go on. And then you have to be the one to pay him. So I don't think you're going to get quite the McCaffrey levels. There's some interesting teams we'll talk about and kind of what they have in the piggy bank. But just to remind everybody, McCaffrey went for a 2023 second, third, fourth, and 2024 fifth. So definitely a big haul. But again, this was a guy that has been in had been a multiple like offensive player of the year discussions. Taylor, obviously the one, the huge year in 2021. But when you have to pay him, I don't know if you get this. I think you at least get, I'd say maybe two day two picks is probably like the happy middle ground, right? Like I'm sure most teams would like to just float out a second and be done. I think there are going to be a lot of teams that call that's going to drive the price up a little bit. I don't think anybody's going to go full first round pick. You mentioned the idea of, don't think he can go back to the Colts and because it looked like he was going that way, right? We we got the report after he left to, quote unquote, you know, rehab on his own, which I forget if we said here was just something we talked about offline. But it was like this is code for they're like all kind of assessing their options, get a report. He's coming back. And then before he officially comes back, he gets a excused absence for a personal thing. And, and now we get this news. So. All of that back and forth and then, you know, because what the team is essentially saying is, okay, you think you have a market, go find your market and tell us who's going to trade for you and, and pay you the money you want. And then, I mean, we just saw Lamar Jackson do this, right? Where it was the, 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 the tag that went on him or the tender that went on him and he went out and got to talk to teams and he came back and was happy, but he still got top of the market money. And that kind of make, makes up for it a little bit. I don't think that's happening with the Colts. And the personal relationship obviously is completely strained. So I, I think you're totally right. I don't think there's any going back to the Colts at this point. In terms of the two-day two picks, whether it's two seconds or a second and third, you know, do you think that seems about online? Do you think that's not enough, too much? What do you think? I think that sounds about right. I don't think anyone's going to be offering up a first round pick. That That's definitely a little steep, especially with Taylor's injury uh, and kind of problems last year. I, I think a second might be a little bit cheap in the Colts eyes. I don't think they'll settle for that unless mm -hmm. that's, you know, last option, last resort. I, I think a second and a third, a second and a fourth is, is pretty fair. Um, you know, now, who gives that up is to be determined, Simon. I guess that's a, a good way to segue into who could Look Taylor potentially go to. Yeah, I've picked up a thing or two. I've picked up you. a thing or two. Look at you. Um, um let's see. Yeah, I I have a whole list of names here. I think I here here's one that I've been talking about all offseason that I'm waiting to see what they do if there's another shoe that drops. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. And you might be thinking they just released a running back that was making a lot of money that they loved. Why would they then go turn around and add another one they need to pay? Well, let's let's take this in a vacuum. This isn't Saquon, Josh Jacobs, where, hey, guys that were just in the top five of the league at the position 
in contract years who are ready to get paid that they were going that that you know the team elects to not pay and then moves on from or makes play on the franchise tag or whatever the the cowboys cut zeke elliott because he was no longer worth the giant contract he got they gave him the giant contract and he just wasn't playing up to that anymore tony pollard they gave the franchise tag to he was in that kind of trio with jacobs and barkley but also remember he wasn't as proven as those guys he was always the one b or the number two and he was coming off of a broken leg, which still isn't getting enough attention, I don't think. So from that standpoint, the, we we have seen evidence and we have no further evidence that the Cowboys would not want to pay for and trade for a high-level running back. We also know this is Dallas. They like the splash. They like the big, the big moves, right? We know they had some money to move around this offseason that they paid out, but – Taylor's not going to cost that much right now, still on a second-round rookie contract deal. And then next year or, or the year after when he needs to get paid, when when the real cap hits start, they have the contracts to move the money around and, and reorganize those. At the On the football level of this, I just see this team that wants to run the ball, wants to kind of uh, change what their identity was. And right now they have a slightly undersized running back as their RB1, no real number two, although Deuce Vaughn is having a hell of a preseason, um, but who's coming off of a broken leg. So the NFC is wide open. I could see this big push. I've been waiting for a running back to end up in Dallas all offseason. Jonathan Taylor would be really interesting. What do you think about that one? I think that would be a very, very fun offense to watch. Seeing Taylor uh, behind that Dallas offensive line, that's nightmare fuel for DCs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to hit you with a team that you might not have expected. And I say that and it's probably mm-hmm. like number two or three on your list uh, of the, you know, dozen teams that were a, a match for Jonathan Taylor. By the way, any team that he goes to, immediate impact, right? Success. Yeah. Um, anywhere he would go, he would be beneficial to a squad. That being said, you know you mentioned a team trying to change their identity. Let's talk about a team who ran the heck out of the football last year. What if the Chicago Bears went out and got I have them? the Bears on my list. I, I love it. I, hey, there it I is. It. There it is. I love it. So there's already a connection there, right, with the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, and you know, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, of the Colts. Potentially there's a you know relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think that Jonathan Taylor headed to the Bears lined up. Justin Fields, they've already upgraded that offensive line. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. And they have the money to spend, right? Yep. With all the assets, they traded the first overall pick. I don't think two or three day picks, two day that day two picks would be a whole lot to them. I say go for it. I I absolutely love that. I, I gave them huge props earlier in the offseason for having such low investment at the running back position. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, give Justin Fields everything you can, and and you know you've got the mo- you still have the money to spend, and you have the long term money to spend. I and and having that extra draft capital from the trades, that's the real kicker. Um, let me let me run down the list of the other teams I considered. You pick out the the last one that you think would be, or, or the one that would be the most exciting out of the rest of these teams. Um, we just want them on the record so we can you know take credit for everything. Uh, the other teams I had on the list. After the Cowboys and the Bears were the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those what are stands out to you there. 
Those are a lot of interesting teams. Um, but dude, I, I've I've got to talk about them if you bring them up. The Baltimore Ravens, they, they run <laughs> the heck out of the football with Lamar. Yep. Uh they already use him a ton. It lessen his usage rate. They don't seem to be in love with any of the guys they have in their RB room. I, I think they like them, but I, I don't think that there's anyone that necessarily stands out to them. Bringing in Jonathan Taylor, he'll stand out, man. What do you think? Ravens? Yeah. That, that, that I, I know the... that's nightmare fuel. Yeah, uh, I'll be all right. I'll be, I, I ain't worried about all that. Uh, he, honestly, they were the first team I thought of. I, I think J.K. Dobbins might have just come off of the pup list, but his history of staying healthy and consistent has not been there for this team. Um, so I could definitely, I could definitely see that. And again, we talked about Lamar a couple minutes ago, continuing to repair that relationship, say, Hey man, look, we'll continue to invest. Let's go get you a, a true three down back that we hope can stay healthy. Now, adding another guy who has dealt with injuries over the last couple of years might not be the best move for Baltimore, but I think that is still on the table. So those other teams were interesting. A wide variety of teams truly contending and teams that are just pretending to contend. Um, but we'll continue to monitor Jonathan Taylor and the Colts as we have really for the last month and a half, it feels. Um, but Rona, let's hit some other news here before we move on to our main segment. I'm going to hit you with three non-injury related news items. You pick which one you want to talk about. Uh, we have the Jimmy Graham being... Uh, I don't even want to say arrested. I mean, he was arrested, but let's say put into custody in in California for basically wandering into traffic. And the team doctor ended up meeting with him at the hospital. He was taken into taken to a hospital uh, for what is believed to have suffered a seizure and that left him disoriented. Um, just a, a sad story. We, we just hope for the best for everybody there. Eagles linebacker who we just talked about signing with the Eagles, I think, on last week's show has retired. Love when guys, uh, you know, get one preseason game, one day of training camp, one half of football and just retire. Um, and then Jadavion Clowney signs with the Baltimore Ravens for, I think, up to six million bucks. Uh, which of those do you want to hit? Yeah, well, let's t- go ahead and talk about Clowney um, joining a, a team that could could have used an upgrade at pass rush. I, I don't think there was any doubt about that. Now, Clowney, he, he was drafted to be the guy and, and he he's never been able to be the guy. He, he's a great complimentary piece, um, but he, he's just not necessarily that reliable 12 plus sack a season guy. You can take it to the bank. Um, now he can come out in flashes and he can have great games. And I, I think Baltimore will you know, reap the benefits of getting Jadavion Clowney, especially for a $6 million deal. And you talk about that price up a little bit, maybe you're scratching your head, but for the price that they got him at, I think he'll mix with that pass rush very well. He kind of fits the mantra of, you know, hard hitting, right? You think Mm -hmm. back of uh, before he got drafted, that Mm -hmm. hit against, I mean, come on now, the helmet flying, you don't forget about it. So I I love seeing Clowney go to the Ravens. It was pass rush was one of those areas that a little bit dicey, but I I think they're going into the season a lot more comfortable now, Simon. Yeah, they needed to replace that number three guy with James Houston going to the Colts. I didn't realize until the signing happened that Houston had like nine, nine and a half sacks last year. I don't think Clowney's replacing that for them, but they're really hoping um, Adafi Owe and David Ojabo really uh, kind of hit this year. And and Clowney can just be that rotational number three, good run defender, may get to the quarterback, but he, he has nine. He had nine sacks in 2021 and two in 2022. 
I don't think either of those is what you really expect. I think somewhere in the middle, four or five sacks is probably what you're looking at from Clowney this year. Otherwise, it's just good depth and and a decent run defender. Um, let's hit a couple of these injuries next. The Bucks wide receiver Russell Gage appears to be out for the season. I don't think that's fully confirmed yet, but he was carted off in, in the preseason game over the weekend. Ravens corner Marlon Humphrey injured and haven't said exactly what it is, but he was getting foot surgery as, as reported. I think Rappaport had that one. And then they went and signed Ronald Darby like that day. So that's not a great sign for a team that, you know, uh, has some depth issues defensively, as we just talked about. And then Patriots tight end Mike Asicki suffered a quote unquote mild dislocated shoulder. Um, which one of these do you want to hit? I guess I'll just keep talking about the Ravens because this one's pretty big, Simon. Um, Secondary was already kind of dicey going into this Mm offseason, man. Mm -hmm. Marcus Peters heading out. You know, Marlon Humphrey is a great corner. Uh, You you could argue top five in the league pretty comfortably. Mm -hmm. Him heading out, swapping him for Ronald Darby, probably to start the season. I, I don't know if he'll miss game time. I don't think it's been released, but foot surgery you've mentioned how surgeries are they can linger you don't Mm -hmm. want to rush them back out on the field especially a cornerback with a foot uh you you don't want that to be a liability out there for for your defense too that is not a good deal um it's going to be interesting how baltimore retaliates right are guys going to be able to step up are they going to be signing another veteran right they just got darby but Mm -hmm. i i think they could use another one if they really wanted to simon what do you think yeah, this is tough. They had just kind of gotten everything really settled with that secondary. Um, they brought uh, Rakyasin over earlier in the offseason. Remember right after the draft, we were like, they didn't really address corner, and then they get Yassin, and that's a perfect number two. That's great. Now, you know, him stepping into number one, we saw what that was like with the Raiders. That That's not great. Kyle Hamilton was supposed to be the full-time safety. They had Arthur Millett and... Uh, who's the other guy? Brandon Stevens were kind of battling for that nickel corner spot. Does Stevens have to go back to playing some outside corner? Is Darby going to you know, get back to where he was a couple of years ago? Um, is Caillou Blue Kelly going to be in the mix for this? The rookie, I forget what round they took him, fifth round maybe. Um, so just it, it puts everything in flux and it moves everybody around to places you don't really want them to be. And yeah, for a team that's really just trying to get its defense back on track, it's not great. Um for I'll hit Mike Kosicki here real quick, just as a reminder, because all indications are he's probably going to be back for week one and it not really be an issue. But this feels like one of those injuries that in week seven or eight we've long forgot about, and he's having a horrible year, and we're like, well, look at Kosicki. He's not succeeding, and it's going to be like, everyone just keep in mind. Now, I wasn't the hugest fan of him going to New England because they like tight ends that can block, and he doesn't do that. So what was his role really going to be there? But when he has like you know eight catches through eight weeks or something like that just just remember that you know mildly dislocated shoulder doesn't ever sound like a good thing um ronan anything else from the news of the week or anything or shall we get into our over under draft you know i just want to note um the miles jack situation right yeah 27 year old he's getting a lot of hate i i the dude's made his millions right he's he's had the hundred tackle seasons He's become a, a notable player, right? Not just a, a I don't want to, I don't want to diss any special teamers, but he's not like a special teamer, right? right. He, he was a starting linebacker for a couple of years in the NFL. I, I, there have been guys who have retired early, 
Um, it, it takes a toll on your body. You should just take that into account before, you know, tweeting out, why would you pass up on playing for the, you know, NFC champion? Just think he's a person too. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, I want to hop on this with you. Miles Jack is a dude. Like you, no one should forget that he dealt with injuries all last year in Pittsburgh from basically week one, you know, soft tissue injuries that just really hampered his whole season. It uh, likened it to, and he, he said in a, either his introductory press conference or, or shortly after he just got there, he was on, he was on his couch looking at like electrician and plumbing apprenticeships. Like he was ready to move on. He wasn't getting any calls. He knew he was in his late twenties coming off of an injury, a down year. And he was like, I, you know, I've made my, he exactly what you said. I've made my money. You know, I'm just looking for something to do something, you know, to keep me busy. It's almost like when you think you don't have work one day and then, you, and you don't have anything planned. You're just going to sit at home. You're not really doing anything anyways. And then an hour before uh, or, or with an hour's notice, work calls and ask if you can come in. And it's like, I mean, I could, but man, I was really mentally just already thinking about, uh, you know, what I was going to do with this time off. And he could probably got there and he was just like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm good. I've moved on. I've moved past this. So yeah. Uh, Miles Jack's all right. Anyone, anyone hating, you know, Hey, remember, you know, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So Miles Jack, you're, you're popping, baby. Don't worry about it. Popping. Popping. All right, everybody, let's get to our over-unders draft. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? I'm here to tell you about the Simon Short Podcast. Every Thursday, I deep dive topics related to the NFL, pro hoops, pop culture, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the Simon Short Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everybody. Brandon Tim here telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Together, we will look at everything fantasy football, from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections. Listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a Box Score Network podcast. We'll see you at the next episode. All right, and we are back. Simon, Ronan, Ben Parker is in the building. Robertson Byer is in the building. First off, Ben, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm so excited. Sorry I had to miss earlier, but, uh, man, I'm very excited about the stuff we got going on tonight. I didn't come up with it, but I like it. Ben was just Ben was just grinding away, just trying to get all the inside scoops, get ready for the draft. Uh, Robertson, welcome back in. Second time on the Stat Sheet Podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm ready to create some controversy, to create some arguing points, you know, give you some ammunition to throw at me. Yeah, this is great. This 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 will be good. Can't wait. Um, as you all know, Robertson is joining us from Odds on Favorite, also part of Box Score Network, where he and Ben go through lines, predictions, some betting things, just overall football analysis. So make sure you guys go check that out if you haven't already. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast, you should already be listening to that. So we really appreciate it. Uh, let's lay out the rules and the happenings of this overs unders draft tonight. So we wanted to have a chance here as the preseason kind of rolls along to stake our claim and our expectations for the 2023-24 NFL season. And instead of just going kind of team by team or division by division and, and, you know, making our predictions like we did last year, we wanted to look at the odds. We wanted to maybe make this a little competitive, as Robertson said, get a chance to maybe argue a little bit, throw throw a little gasoline on the fire. 
and make it a draft because who doesn't love a draft? So we had the overs and unders for all 32 teams. We are going to do an eight-round draft. We have four drafters, and we're just going to draft every single team. We have to go through all 32 teams, and the drafter has to pick their taking their over or the under for that team. There will be no pushes. There will be no ties. There will be no IOUs, anything like that. We have to stake our claim on each of our teams that we draft tonight. Do we think they're going to meet or or do we think they're going to exceed or fail their expectations? Uh, does anybody have anything they want to say before we get started? I'm excited, man. I yeah, this is uh, this should be a lot of fun right here. All right, I have a random name generator pulled up. Can everybody see my screen? So nobody, yes. nobody can yes, accuse sir. me of cheating. All right, so as as the guest, I put Robertson on first, and then I went in alphabetical order for the regular hosts of the show. So I don't want any any kind of funny business of anybody thinking anything's going on here. We're going to randomly decide the order of the draft. No snake draft. We're just going to go one through four and then start back at one. So here we go. Randomize. Robertson will have the first pick of the draft tonight, followed by Ronan, followed by Ben, and followed by Simon at four. And then it goes back to Robertson one. So Robertson, Ronan, Ben, and Simon. And let's get everything set up. Robertson, you take it away, man. You've got the first pick of the 2023-24 Stat Sheet Podcast Overs, Unders. Why do I say Overs, Unders? Over, Unders draft. What are you going to go with? Who are you going to take? And what are you going to give them? Okay, given that Anthony Richardson was named the week one starter, I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts with my first pick to go under six and a half. I can't wait for you to miss this. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Can't wait for you to be wrong. I'm I'm just so I'm so here for it. Look, um, look it's not that it's not that I don't believe that Anthony Richardson can be the future at quarterback. It's the now. It's this season, right? Could they put together a few wins at the end of the season? Absolutely. You know, he can improve a bit. He can get, you know, maybe three or four wins down, you know, final six, seven weeks of the season, right? But the beginning of the season, I don't see them winning any more than two or three games like the first 10 weeks. And I will say uh, for the news that Ron and I did cover at the top of this pod, the Jonathan Taylor trade, we're, you know, you're still for all that's going on with Taylor and the Colts. You were hoping he was going to be on the field and helping his offense. Losing yet another weapon does hurt. So, uh, that's at least how I'll tell myself we're we're coming to this conclusion. But Robertson is taking the under on the Colts six and a half. Very interesting. All right, Ronan, you've got the next pick. What are you going to do? I will be taking the Minnesota Vikings over at eight and a half. Um, I, I think this is a ten plus win team. I, I think the offense got better swapping Thielen out for Jordan Addison. Give me over on eight and a half for the Vikings. I like that one. I I also had that Robertson Ben. What did you guys were you thinking the over or the under on the Vikings? These these guys in the seven and a half to nine and a half range are the tricky ones. Uh, just just a quick. Do you, did you like this pick or not? Absolutely, uh, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I don't know how much over the Vikings are going to go on that, but Addison in theory is definitely an upgrade over Thielen. Um, and I actually Addison was one of my. Uh, like higher receivers in the draft in this past year's draft. 
All right, Ben, yeah, like any, any last thoughts on the Vikings? And then go ahead and make your pick. Yeah, I liked it too. It wasn't one of my top picks, but yeah, if I was going to, it was going to be one of the picks I might would have made mid-round, but I do like the over. All right, my pick. Uh, Ronan already took my number two pick, but I've still got my number one pick left, and that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the over. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it. They're at eight and a half. Um, based on some of the picks I did last week, my official ones, I've got them actually doing damage in the playoffs. On top of which, you know, you look at Tomlin last year, had a roster that wasn't anywhere near as good, and he, he still was right here in this eight and a half range. So I, I have a hard time seeing the Steelers being anywhere less than this eight and a half. I'll take the over pretty easy Steelers eight and a half over as my first pick. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers would need to have a losing season to go under. And the the most boring and overused but very reliable stat is Tomlin has never had a losing season. So you, you do the math on that one. I like that. Uh, let me round out the first round here. And then we can get our overall thoughts on how those first four picks went. And I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs, who are set at 11 and a half. And I'm going to take the over. The Chiefs have had, tw- have had 12 or more wins every year since Mahomes has been the starter. So at this point, you're just, tr- if you're going to take the under, you're banking on something that's never happened before or injury. And that's just for, for a guy like Mahomes, a guy like Kelsey, who don't deal with injuries. You're you're betting on something that's very unlikely. So I'm just going to go with history, what history tells us, and that's that the Chiefs are going to win at least 12 games. So that's going to be my pick here. Um, ben, when you look at how this first round kind of shook up, what how, how do you think it's gone so far? Yeah, so I, I mentioned with the Colts, I actually um, – I was that was going to be one of my high picks too. And it's not just because of the rookie quarterback. It's also because I – I have a hard time thinking that defense is going to be any good, and I think that they are going to have a hard time, especially in the secondary, which looks especially ragged to me. And then, you know, coming off of last year, I don't really see what the optimism is other than, hey, Richardson's coming. I mean, right? That's that's kind of what it is. So um, I like them on the under as well. Uh, and like we already mentioned with the Vikings, with the over, I think they're in for a good season. Not quite as good record-wise as last year, but I think they're in for a good season. Robertson, your thoughts on the first round? Um, I thought it was, you know, good first round. The, the Vikings pick kind of shocked me a little bit, at least to start out. Um, but I agree with all of them. I think that the Steelers can be a very sneaky team this year. Me and Simon have already kind of talked about it off, off air about how this kind of has a 2000 vibes ish. It's not one-to-one, but it has that sort of type season to it, like that feel to it. Um, I'd be excited if I was a Steelers fan. Um, and then the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, until they don't do it, then I'm going to keep hit smashing the over on that one. And Ronan, round us out. What are your thoughts here on the first round? Uh, all all of these teams, actually, all these selections were pretty high up on my list. Um, I think Minnesota will do – I think they'll exceed that 8.5 number. I think 8.5 is a little bit low in my eyes. That Kansas City number, I don't – I take that over every time. You can't bet against Mahomes – uh, Indianapolis with the announcement that JT is probably headed out the door and Anthony Richardson is going to be that starter. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and give me the under on the rookie quarterback with uh, kind of question marks all throughout the offense and defense. Uh, so I think the under on that was a good move too. And then the Steelers over, um, an up-and-coming team. They're young, they're hungry. And as you've mentioned, Mike Tomlin, he doesn't lose seasons, Simon. All right, let's hit round two. So, so far, Robertson has the Colts going under. 
and he's up now with his second pick. Robertson, what are you going to take? Um, give me the Baltimore Ravens over 10 and a half. Um, this is a team that made the playoffs last year and Jackson, Lamar Jackson missed, I, I think like the last five games, four yep. games. He lost yep. the last part of the season and they were in it in the wild card round against the Bengals. So that is reason for optimism, given that Todd Munkin is now the OC, given that they have now upgraded uh, the offense in terms of weapons for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson has probably has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, even with that huge contract that he signed. But it sounds to, to me like he wants to go out there and prove, like, hey, I'm worth this money right here. Like, I didn't, I'm not going to sign this and quit. Like, I'm going to prove to everybody in the NFL that I deserve this contract. And I'm going to prove to the Ravens that didn't want to give me this, that they, they, they made a very wise decision in giving me this contract. Yeah, I like it. I've been I've been high on Lamar through this whole off season. Which you know, to I, I don't love doing that, but I, I I'm doing it. Um, eleven wins did scare me a little bit though, but I like your confidence because I do think this team could be really good. So Ronan, hit us with your second pick. You took the Vikings over with your first pick. What are you gonna do next? I did, and I'm gonna not be as optimistic as I was in the first round. I'll be taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under. Um, I, the quarterback situation is just a head scratcher. They have pieces, you know, throughout the offense, the offensive line could use some work, but the skill positions, right. Godwin and Evans, can they do enough to keep this ship afloat? You know, no pun intended. The defense is strong, but I, I just don't think they'll be able to stay in enough games to get that seven plus wins. Go ahead and give me Tampa Bay under six and a half wins. I really like that one, and I don't know if it's just because of the pun because I really did enjoy the pun. Um, no, I think that one's great because you can – I think we talked about it last week in, in our, our Matrix episode, but there's so much that you could like about this team. And then uh, we get the tweet this week uh, that Todd Bowles is saying, yep, Baker and Kyle Trask are still in a quarterback competition, still dead heat. Like, yeah, man, we can't we can't be having that in week three in 2023. We can't we can't do that. That's that's tough. So that's a good call. I like that under. Um, ben, go ahead, make your next pick. You took the Steelers over. You just ripped it right out from underneath me. But go ahead and take take your next pick here. What are you gonna do? Well, and I promise I didn't plan this just to be some kind of a jerk. But here here it comes. I'm taking the Rams and the under here. Uh, so the Rams are at six and a half. And listen, <laughs> I love Sean McVay. And I love Matthew Stafford, and I love Aaron Donald, and I love Cooper Cup. And, yeah, that's about it, okay? I mean, it gets really bad really fast. And, you know, I'm not telling Rams fans anything they don't already know. The offensive line looks like it should be at least more stable, but they still have a long ways to go to be good. You don't have a lot of people to throw to. The defense after Aaron Donald looks like it's just a major, major drop-off. You know, it's really going to struggle. So unless McVay works some kind of McVay magic this year, I just don't see six and a half, so I'm taking the under pretty easy there. And, again, it's not out of disrespect for, for McVay or, or those top guys. It just drops off real fast. They're still paying for that Super Bowl, and that's okay. You know, they got the Super Bowl that year nobody else did. So, But that's what I'm seeing. Rams, six and a half, and I'll take the under. That one I had a tough time with because I, I think I said it a couple weeks ago when we reviewed the Rams offseason. 
teams, even just as recently as last year, that can if they're if you're in the top twelve to ten on offense, even still down in the twenties and the late twenties at that on defense, you could still be a pretty decent team. But it's just a question of is Matt Stafford going to hold up? Is this offensive line really going to gel this season? Can that offense get all the way to top 10 or 12 when they were the bottom five offense last year? So that is still a lot to ask, but I, I know I personally was afraid of the of the six and a half a little bit. Um, while we're on this under train, let me go ahead and take one. You guys know I was going to do it. It's the Arizona Cardinals, four and a half. Give, give me the under all day long. I am not scared away by everyone thinking Kyler Murray could be back. I think this team will be so far down in the dumps by the time they even really consider it that it won't make much of a difference whether he comes back or not. Um, teams, there, there's always one team, man, that, that's in that one, two, three win range. And sometimes there's two. And I think this is a pretty, pretty solid shoe in for that. So I'm going to take the under on the four and a half for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, let's do a quick round check. Ronan, I'll start with you. How do you think the second round went overall? Um, I, I don't think there were any teams that were a huge surprise. Um, now, obviously, my Rams, Ben, that hurts a little bit. Um, I, I think you know, it, they are a top-heavy team, right? And even those players that make it top-heavy, Donald, Stafford, Cup, they were all banged up last year. So it's hard to bank on them being healthy this year and being successful. So I, I see where you're standing, but... Uh, you know the the Rams fan in me is hoping that they go with they hit that over maybe maybe even double it. Ben, other than your double Rams it. pick, what did you what did you think about <laughs> uh, the second round here? Yeah, I, I'm with you all the way on the Cardinals because I I think I'm convinced that Murray even before all the past two weeks news I'm convinced he's coming back, but that's not going to change the win loss record much. This roster is just too bad. Like you said, they're already going to be on deep. You add in a few injuries, and this team has just no chance. <laughs> I mean, they're not. I mean, it would take some real magic plus Murray to get across this four and a half, and I don't see it. Robertson, your thoughts on the second round? I mean, I agree with all the picks that were made. Um, ben stole my pick because I, I was going to pick the Rams next for the under, but uh, I did. I I'm surprised I didn't go a little bit sooner because I I to me, and, and sorry, Ronan, but it just seems a little too obvious. Um, them and the Cardinals, they just seem you know like kind of guarantees to hit the under here um save for some Kyler Murray magic maybe getting five wins maybe even six wins but again the roster is just too bad and then uh let's see it was the Rams Cardinals the Buccaneers also agree with Ronan's pick there yeah and um yeah and then my pick yeah I was like who's the other one it was my pick I agree with myself what a, what a great pick yeah uh we're on that pick. <laughs> Over on that, Robertson, you're up with your next pick. You have the Colts under and the Ravens over so far. So what are you going to do here in round three? Let me go ahead and take the Washington Commanders over. All right. And I, I don't think it's going to be much more over than the six and a half. It might be seven. It might be eight. I, I don't know how much further they're going to go than that. But this team went eight, eight and one, exactly 500 last year on with below subpar quarterback play between Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. They have Sam Howell now, who's a fifth round, essentially a rookie. He's second year, but he's essentially a rookie. He's only played in one game. And they have a backup in who's a replacement level starter in Jacoby Brissett. 
their defense is going to be top 10 again this year, more, more likely than not. The team's just too good. Now, there is questions on the offensive line. Again, there is questions of quarterback. However, I think that even if you have average quarterback play, that this team can't be any worse than it was last year, and that was eight wins. And this team hasn't won any less than seven games with Ron Rivera at head coach, so I am taking the over for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, this is the – I made this point last week. This is kind of the inverse of the Rams take where it's, okay, what can a team, even with a bad offense and but a very good defense, where can they, where can they kind of net out? And I do think as long as this team is in that still top 10, 12 defense, they could even be a bottom five offense and still hit this over. They could still get to seven, eight wins even in that circumstance. I do like Howell, so I do think there is a world where they are a top 20 offense and then with a top 10 defense and you're you're easily hitting this over, you're in the 8-9 wins. But I think there there there's also a world where that that offensive line is is too too much of a force working against him. Um I'm glad you went with the Commanders because I uh did not know what to do with them, so I'm glad they are off the board. I appreciate that. Uh, great job by you, Ronan. You are up with your second pick. You have the Vikings over and the Bucks under. What are you going to do next? Yeah, after that commander's selection, I'm going to stay in the NFC East, but I'm going to be taking the Cowboys over. They have it set at nine and a half. Um, yep. I think that 10 plus wins is very doable. I think 10 is very, very doable. Um, I, I think that they have a an outside shot at winning the division this year. I think their roster only got better aside from losing Zeke, but you could argue that that might help things. Uh, you adding Gilly Lock to pair with Trayvon Diggs, that secondary is not going to be anything to mess with. Uh, the pass rush has already proven to be uh, top of the t- top of the league. Uh, and then offensively, right, Dak, which I I'm not the highest on him, so this is not you know me standing on Dak Mountain, but the weapons that he has around him with Gallup, CD, and now Cooks, um, I- I'm excited to see what Dallas can do this year. Ronan, I always appreciate how you remember every player's nickname because I never do until you say it, and you do a great job of it. So, so well done on your point. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this was this was an easy one. This was one of my locks over here for the Cowboys. It's way too low, even for a McCarthy skeptic like me. It's a better roster, probably the best defense in the NFL, and, and even if McCarthy isn't the best head coach or even play caller, he's not going to add three losses to this team in the regular season. I I think where we're going to see it hurt more is going to be in the playoffs or in kind of a key end of the regular season scenario, but regular season, he's not, he's not going to be nine and eight or whatever that, whatever it is now. So I think this is a great pick. Ben, you're up next. Um, I'm sure you had the commanders next on your board. You were just trying to hit the, hit the gambit here with the three of us. You have the Steelers over and the Rams under, what are you going to do next? All right. So I've got the Raiders and I've got the under. So they're six oh, and a half. Gosh. I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. Ben, everyone. you're taking okay. all our picks, man. Come on. That's a I'm good sorry. One. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go ahead and speak for all of us here. And, and anybody else wants to kind of add in while, while we're on this team. The defense looks dreadful. And I know they've got a couple of pieces, but it's nowhere near enough. Again, after you get past those couple of pieces, it drops off drastically. And then you look, look, you look over at the offense. Like, okay, maybe they can carry us to some victories this year. Like, well, is Jimmy G going to be healthy? Is he going to be okay without Kyle Shanahan? 
Is he even going to play all that much? You know, if we get the best version of Jimmy G, how good is that? So there's a lot of questions right there at quarterback. And then you look at the offensive line and you see a couple of good players and it's like, wow, there's a lot of trouble there on that offensive line too. And you're like, well, in what week are we going to have an advantage over anybody? And you start to realize, well, probably 13 of the of the weeks, we don't have an advantage. We're at the disadvantage, and that's where that's where I'm getting the under here on this six and a half. So I, I'm very comfortable with the under here. Is there a world where they get the six, seven wins? Yeah, but I don't see it. To me, I'm, I'm way under here, way under. I I love this one. Um, the, the Raiders won six games last year. And their preseason over under was eight and a half. So you're telling me that their preseason over under goes down by two wins, but they're expected to win, or or you're gonna you might try to bet on them winning one more game. Nuh-uh, man, not me. That that's a great pick, Ben. Uh good on you. Uh I am up next year. I have uh the last pick of this round, and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills over. So they're set at ten and a half. The Bills have hit this uh, for the, each of the last three seasons, and they won 13 games last year with a Josh Allen, you know, bum elbow. I, I think it, this is the caveat for all of us for all of these picks, but if everyone's healthy and, heck, maybe even if some of them aren't that healthy, getting to 11 wins is not going to be an issue for this team. Um, revamp the offensive line. They're really excited about James Cook this season. We'll see what that really turns into, if anything. Um, but I think this defense is going to be a little bit fresher, a little remade, a little uh, more life to it. Um, and, and I think, you know, similarly to the Chiefs, I think this is just one of those that you can kind of set your clock to um, as long as everyone's healthy. So I'm taking the Bills over the 10 and a half. Um, Robertson, I'll start with you on our round recap here. What, how'd you think this round went? Yeah, just to kind of reiterate was what Ben was saying about uh, the Raiders. You know, what does the best version of Jimmy G look like, especially away from Kyle Shanahan and that stacked roster? You know, I'm a, I'm a Jimmy G defender in a way, but even then I was still going to take the under because the offensive line is not good. Jimmy G is not a mobile quarterback, and the, the roster as a as a whole is just not very good. So he's not a quarterback, and even me being a defender, he's not a quarterback that can overcome all of that. And again, it's a question that's even given that he plays all 17 games. Right. So now you take health into into question, and it's just not looking good. Um, the Cowboys, unfortunately, I agree with. I hope it's under, but it's it's more likely than not going to be over. And then the Bills, again, it's one of those teams where it's like until they don't do it, I'm still going to smash the over every time. Ben, your thoughts on the round. Yeah, I, this was probably the round that I saw the most similar to to what you guys were picking. Um, the Cowboys, I like the over because, Simon, I think you put it in a nutshell. I don't like the McCarthy move, but still he's not going to make the three three wins difference. It's going to show up at key moments, which is something that all three of us, have, all three of y'all have been saying for a couple of weeks now. Um, even the Commanders, I wasn't going to pick that because I think that over-under is about right for me. Right. But there's a very good chance that they do have a winning season and they do scratch their way into the playoffs. Maybe, you know, in spite of that offensive line, in spite of a rookie quarterback, there's so much talent floating around that roster. Um, so I'm okay with that too, even though I wasn't necessarily going to pick that. And Ronan, I can't remember which one you picked off the top of my head on this one. Oh, um, the uh, sorry. Ronan was the Cowboys. Ronan yeah. was the Cowboys. Rolling was the Cowboys, yeah. And I signed which the one did you have? I had the Bills over. 
Yeah, agreed. I, I don't know that I would have necessarily picked the Bills this early, but yeah, I mean, until they quit winning a bunch of regular season games, how can you not pick them to win a bunch of regular season games, right? Um, Ronan, your thoughts on the round? I, I saw very similarly to you guys. Uh, the only one that I, I had a little bit further down my list, Simon, I, I was kind of where you were on the commanders. I, I didn't know really what to do with them because I, I thought that number sounded about right. I, I think you could go either way. Um, because on one side of the coin, you guys said it yourself, the defense can be top 10 easily, right? But that quarterback play, it all depends on how Sam Howell pans out, uh, if the enemy can click with this core. Um, but all in all, I agree with all the other selections. Robertson, since, since we have you here, obviously, and we all kind of uh, feel the same way, uh, me, Ben, and Ronan with the commanders, um, I want to ask you, I want to come back to you on the commanders and ask you this question for anybody that doesn't know this is Robertson's team. He knows them in and out. Um, my thing that I've been wondering is, or could we see a defensive regression from this team this season? It feels like they've been a top 10 defense for the last three or four years. And that's kind of why I thought, man, could, could this finally just, could it grind down, right? We've seen so much turnover in the back half. We know Chase Young and, and everything. He's gone through the last couple of years. Um, could could the defense finally just grind down? And then you look back at the numbers, and just two years ago in 2021, sandwiched between two top 10 finishes, they were a bottom third team by defensive DVOA on the defensive side. Do you think this defense is going to hold steady in that top 10 to 12 range, or are you a little nervous about it? Is there any reason to be nervous about it? There is reason to be nervous. Um, mainly it's just because law of averages, right? Because uh, last season uh, we were the number one third down defense in the NFL and it wasn't close, right? And so that's not going to repeat itself, more likely mm -hmm. than not, even if we're top five, right? That's that's still going to be regression. So you look at that and that third down defense obviously is a massive, excuse me, massive indicator yeah. of success for a defense and for a team as a whole. So there's that part of it. The second part is how effective is Chase Young and Montez Sweat going to be? These are two guys that have been we've we've all been waiting for them to just break out two physical freaks, you know, mm -hmm. freaks of nature that have all the ability in the world, but they haven't actually done it. I think the the highest sack total came from Montez Sweat last season, and it was like eight and a half or nine and a half. They have a lot more ability than that. So pass rush is a massive question which you wouldn't think about that because what's what are we known for it's our defensive line mm -hmm. but it's it's the production from that from that team and then also we our secondary we put a lot of resources into it in the offseason but until we see results i'm not 100% convinced we drafted Manuel Forbes and Quan Martin with our first two picks but i'm i'm sold on the Manuel Forbes hype but i don't know about the rest of the defense. I don't know how it's all going to gel. And plus we play a, a tougher schedule this season. I see some regression. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be like worse than like 12 or 13, mm -hmm. but if that's the case and the offense doesn't improve, then the team could regress. It's, it's, it's a very strange season, right? Because it should be a top 10 defense. Yep. The offense should improve, but will it again? It, we won't know. Great insights there. I really appreciate that. Third down stat is, is definitely key and very, very interesting. All right, Robertson, go ahead and make your next pick here of the fourth or your first pick of the fourth round. You have the Colts under, the Ravens over, and the Commanders over. What are you going to do here? 
Let me be a little optimistic for a second. Let me take the Jacksonville ah, Jacksonville Jaguars and take like the it. over. I think like the nine and a half is under like what mm-hmm. what like is lower than expected for the over yeah. under for for this team, right? Because they won nine games last season, I believe. And I think they only got better, right? And it's it's another year of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's system. Uh, they have Calvin Ridley, which I hope he's even, you know, just say like 80% of what he was in Atlanta because he had the year, year and a half off or something like that. And I like Calvin Ridley is a really good receiver for all those who forgot about him. Adding that to that offense, upgrading a little bit in other spots. I expect the Jacksonville Jaguars to win like 12, 13 games this season. I could easily see that happening, even in this tough AFC. I have no notes. I love that. Um, I, I didn't have them quite as a lock, but because I think I think they can't remember the South, the AFC South, their their opponents who who they have. But I I do love this. There there's no reason they shouldn't be better than they were last year. So that's a great pick. Texans, um, Colts, and Titans. Yeah, you don't even need to know anything outside of their own division. That's a that's a good call. Uh, Ronan, go ahead and hit us with your next pick. You have the Vikings over the Bucks under. And the Cowboys over. What are you going to do next? Yeah, I'm going to add another over, and I'm going to take the New York Jets. Um, they won seven games last year, and the line is at nine and a half. I I think it's pretty safe to say. I'm pretty comfortable saying uh, adding Aaron Rodgers probably adds three or four wins to your team. Uh, now, obviously, this year is not the same as last. It's a whole new beast, so you can't really use last year as a you know carbon copy example, but. This roster is pretty loaded. Um, there's holes here and there, but I mean, compared to what Rodgers was working with last year in Green Bay, uh, this is a walk in the park. So go ahead and give me the over on nine and a half Jets. Yeah, I I do love this. I mean, this team won nine games with literally the worst starting quarterback last season and are now getting Aaron Rodgers. We went through all the stats last week, um, so I don't need to add any more, but that's a great pick, Ronan. Ben, you are up next. Uh, you have the Steelers over, the Rams under, and the Raiders under. What are you going to do here? Yeah, so I'm going to take another over here, and it's going to be the Chargers. I don't think anybody's surprised that I'm doing this because y'all y'all know my stance on here. My my feeling is I, I love Herbert at quarterback, and nine and a half wins just isn't a whole lot for this team to get to, especially when you look at the talent. You know, and Simon, you mentioned this several weeks ago on our podcast. They were very injured last year on the offensive line and uh, on on defense in general. They get all those players back. Most of them should be healthy. Um, they've they've added another rookie wide receiver who, while it's not the guy we wanted, uh, we like. Um, th- this team should be winning double digits every year. They should be winning 12 games every year. And I think this is a year in which they finally get to that. I like the offensive coordinator they added. I mean, I like so much of what they've done. I don't like everything. They're not perfect, but I like it. Nine and a half. I'll take the over on the Chargers. I think that's a great pick. I love the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. So I think that, and and I think you should expect some injury luck to favor them this season. As you mentioned, how injured they were on both sides of the ball last year. It should not be quite that bad again in 2023. Uh, I am up next and I'm going to take... I feel like I have very chalky ones. I've literally the top team um, and the bottom team and then the like fourth highest team. I'm going to I'm going to venture here into the middle with you guys. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks at eight and a half. 
and I'm going to take the over. Tell me what isn't sustainable from what happened last year. Um, you know, when you want to talk about quarterback jumps, random quarterback seasons that are really good, it's usually because the amount of interceptions thrown, the amount of turnovers doesn't match the turnover worthy play numbers that they had, right? Usually it's like there's a big discrepancy. It's like, wow, they just got really lucky with the turnovers. Gino was like top five in interceptions last year. And by top five, I mean like most interceptions. He had 11 last season on his, I think, 22 turnover worthy plays or something like that. Um, so even if he does that again, they were a good offense with that. They were 14th in offensive DVOA. Um, so there's a chance that it's even better because, hey, this offensive line, it's two young tackles should be a little bit better. The interior of that offensive line should, you know, could be a little bit better. I won't promise anything. Um, but this defense probably is not going to be as bad as it was last year. They added a lot of talent to that group. Um, so I expect the defense to be better. I think the offense can be just about as good, but they also add Jackson Smith and Jigba, a, a pick I really like. I think that rounds out the offense really nicely. And again, for Geno, walking in, you know, this is such a big thing, whether it's rookies uh, set, or guys coming off the rookie year or, or someone like Geno, walking in knowing you're the QB one and and having – that's a different way to prep all offseason than just trying to beat the other guy out and then on top of that get ready for the year. So I'm going to take the Seahawks over the eight and a half. Uh, Robertson, let's kick it to you first. I feel like you might have something to say on that one. What do you think about this round as a whole? No, I I love your pick for Seattle. Um, I'm not a big Geno Smith guy, but like you said, what's not sustainable, right? Even if Geno takes a step back a little bit, I mean, which I don't really envision that. I mean, maybe a small, like maybe like a half step back. Maybe he's not spectacular like for 17 games, but, you know, he's only spectacular for like, I don't know, like 10, 11 games. I still think that's good enough to get over that, that eight and a half. Plus, as you said, they added Jackson Smith and Jigbo. That's a nice compliment to Tyler Lockett, to DK Metcalf, and what they have at running back. And Zach Charbonnet as well. I, my One of my favorite running backs coming out of the draft. So they loaded up on this offense. I think they have the potential to be a top 10, if not maybe even a top five offense if Geno Smith continues what he did last season, right? Um, I think they're that good. And like you said, too, the defense is going to be much improved as well. I mean, you got guys in their second year. They It was a talent infusion that they, that they did on the defensive side of the ball. I like the Seahawks. I think they're going to go pretty far this year. Um, Ronan, your pick was who this past the round? The Jets over. The Jets over, again, I, I agree with that. You add Rodgers, it at least adds two to three wins to your team. And again, like, like, like you mentioned, it's not a carbon copy season to season. However, this team is way too talented to not win, in my opinion, any less than what they're projected to win. And then I, I do disagree with the not over nine and a half on the Chargers. Um, just I have them at nine. Uh, you know, last week me and Ben did our our season predictions for the AFC, and I had the Chargers at nine, seven, and one. Uh, it's it's kind of the same what I said earlier about the Chiefs and the Bills, right? They're they're over all the time. They're they're constantly winning 12, 13 games. Well, the Chargers haven't done that. They haven't won that many games yet. Could they win 10, 11 games this year? Absolutely, they could. But have they yet? No, they haven't. So they until 10 they start doing year. Oh, did they? Actually, okay, okay. But yeah, that doesn't change. Got them. 
you got, okay, you got me. You got me. I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do enough of my research on that one. But I I'm I'm so I'm not a believer in them. Like I like Justin Herbert as a quarterback. I don't love him, but I like him. Do I think that the team is going to take it? I don't like Staley as the head coach. I'm sorry, I don't like him as the head coach. Do I think they're going to take a massive leap forward in an extremely competitive AFC and even in a pretty competitive division? No, no, I don't. Uh, Ronan, thoughts on this round? Yeah, I I agreed with all of you guys' picks to an extent. Um, The Seahawks weren't necessarily a team that was super high on my list just because there are a lot of variables that go into it. Um, I think they're a well-coached team, and I think if we get the same or even – like you guys were saying, uh, even equi- close to equivalent version of Geno as last year, uh, I think they can hit the, that over. But I- I'm not 100% certain on that. I like the Chargers one a lot. Um, I-, I think that you know, Herbert, he's heard all the noise. Uh, he's heard the social media quarterback accusations. And, you know, I hopefully, you know, he-, he has a chip on his shoulder and is ready to break out because we're all still kind of waiting on it. Um, he's obviously shown flashes of being a great player. He's been, he's gotten paid, right? So he's obviously done something, uh, but it, we just haven't seen him take that next step. And I think this year he can, uh, and then the Jags, another one of those teams, um, funny enough, I actually have them uh, last on my list for the sole reason I had them at nine wins and I believe the line is nine and a half, right? So I, it, it, one of those teams that I can go either way on. Um, but I, I could very easily see them going 10 plus wins in the division that they're in. Ronan's Brian Branch agenda continues on for the Jaguars. The vendetta is real. Uh, it is. Ben, your, your final thoughts on, on how this round shook out. The deeper we get into the draft, I, I've agreed with y'all more and more each round. So Jaguars, Jets, and Seahawks. I didn't necessarily pick them this early, but just because of margins. But if I was going to, I would have picked the over on all three of those teams. All three of those teams have high hopes. All three of those teams have every right to think that they can do some damage this year. They really don't have any reason to be afraid of anybody. So I liked all three of those overs. Um, About the Chargers just for a second, you know, Herbert's only in his fourth year, and the win totals have increased every year. Seven wins the first year, nine the second, ten the third. It was really only because expectations were so freaking high heading into year two that we kind of view this team as, you know, as a bit of a failure and a disappointment. But they've actually gotten better in each of the three seasons. And, you know, he, he doesn't get pay, he doesn't get the big money hitting the cap for a couple of seasons, so the roster can still be really good. And I think this, if healthy, is the best roster he's ever had, too. All right, we're officially at the halfway point of our draft. Um, it's going to start getting a little messy and dicey here. We, we've taken pretty much all the good ones. I'd venture to say we all – uh, are running out of ones that we feel are locks, so it's going to get very interesting. So before we get ready for that, let's take a nice little palate cleanser for everybody to step back. You know, maybe uh, unless you're driving, rest your eyes a little bit and just enjoy the sultry sounds of some box score network advertisements. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker. And I'm Robert Zenvire, and we are the Odds on Favorite, presented by Boxcore Network. Every week, we analyze NFL point spreads, over-unders, props, futures, and much more. Follow us on Twitter, at Odds on Favorite, and listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Connor. I'm Billy. And I'm Austin. 
And we're the host of the Tricky Takes podcast presented by the Box Score Network. We talk about all things sports ranging from golf, baseball, football, NBA, and all college sports. Come give us a listen and make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Tricky Takes. And that's Tricky with two eyes. All right, and we're back. Um, trade calls were made for this pick, but but Robertson doesn't seem to be budging. So Robertson, take us through your fifth round pick. You have the Colts under, the Ravens over, the Commanders over, and the Jaguars over. What are you going to do next? Let me get a little pessimistic here for a second. I'm go. going to take the Cleveland Browns under nine and a half wins. And this is one of the few locks that I think are left. And I don't. I'm not super confident in this pick because of that Deshaun Watson factor, right? But what I'm projecting is that we're not going to get the same Deshaun Watson that we got last year, but we're not going to get the same 2020 or whatever, 2019 version either. We're going to get somewhere in between. And I think that's good enough for nine games. It's also if, if he, if Deshaun Watson returns to the way he was a couple of years ago, this team could win 11, 12 games. But I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. The roster is really good. I really like it. The offensive line is decent. They have Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. The defense should be improved. I like this team. I just This team will go as far as Deshaun Watson takes them. I think it's going to be somewhere around nine nine wins, especially in, in probably the best, arguably the best division in football in the AFC North. And then, again, the AFC is just super competitive. It's going to be hard. Wins are going to be very hard to come by. So... I don't think it's much under. It's like literally half game under, but I don't see them winning more than 10 games project me based on me projecting how Deshaun Watson's going to play this this season. Yeah, if you're you're banking on the Browns to get three more wins than they did last year, you're either looking for a dramatically different Deshaun Watson or a dramatically different defense. And I just don't think you're going to get either. And and a mildly different for both just doesn't get you three wins. I think this defense isn't going – I mean, remember, this defense was like the worst run defense in the league last season. And I know they had Dalvin Tomlinson and Cedarius Smith and Jim Schwartz is in at D.C. But teams don't just go from the mid to late 20s on defense to to top 15 overnight. There, There's a lot of work that needs to be done for that. And I know we see the seven wins, so we think, hey, three-win improvement. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets uh, his feet under him. But remember, Jacoby Brissett got four of those wins, and that offense was super efficient. That was like a top 12 offense in terms of efficiency with Brissett at the at the helm. And Watson came in and, and was Zach Wilson levels last season. So we're we would need a huge jump from Watson to to get this. This this was one of my final locks that I had as well. So I think this is a great pick. Um Ronan, go ahead and take us to your next pick. You currently have the Vikings over. The Bucks under, the Cowboys over, and the Jets over. What are you going to do here? Yeah, I'm going to stay on the over train, um, and I'm probably going to end up eating it. But give me the Atlanta Falcons over eight and a half. Um, I've been in love with the Falcons, um, as Simon, as your head, I'd say, holds down or hangs down, but it's it's looking up in the air. Your hands on your head. I'm giving a play by play here. He doesn't seem to be too too excited. I thought he about liked this. Atlanta. I love yeah, Atlanta. I, yeah, I was so yeah. sure they were going to be here. I was so sure. Yeah. I know Robertson okay. doesn't like okay. Atlanta, so this we'll talk about this <laughs> later. But Ronan, you you go ahead, finish up. I, I'm excited to see uh, Atlanta this year. That defense got completely revamped over the offseason. 
Um, they ran the heck out of the football last year, and then they add Bijan Robinson. I, I think that this team can hit over eight and a half wins, just given the division that they're in. Uh, it's anybody's ball game in the NFC South, and I personally see the Falcons maybe coming out top of it. I love this pick. I know Robertson and I are going to argue about the Falcons here in a couple minutes, so I'm just going to skip over my normal uh, reaction. Ben, you and I have the next two picks, and it's not going to matter what we say because we're just going to talk about the Falcons. So if you have a bad pick you want to make, now's probably the time to do it because this is where it'll just sneak <laughs> in. Um, but go ahead and, and make your pick. You have the Steelers over, the Rams under, the Raiders under, and the Chargers over. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to come with another over, and I'm going to take the 49ers. So they're at 10 and a half. And, you know, I know quarterback is a question mark, but I watched this team win a lot of games last year. And I think the only reason they didn't show up in the Super Bowl is because they didn't have a quarterback when they went to the NFC title game. And you could, other than quarterback, this team got better, not worse. I mean, they addressed the offensive line a little bit. I'm not sure they net gained, but they addressed it at least in terms of youth. Um, the defensive line, I think, definitely got better. And I just really like this team. So at 10 and a half, it feels like to me they should be up around 12 wins is really where I expect them to be. So I'm taking the 49ers with the over. I actually had a slight under on the 49ers, and I'm playing with an NFC West take. I'm very nervous about this quarterback situation, guys, but uh, I've made I've made all my points pretty clear on that. Um, we might have to talk a little about 49ers. Interesting round. Look at this. Round five. We're just coming in hot. Um Man, guys, you guys are making some picks that I can't decide. Here, here we go. Here, here's a here's a pretty easy one for me, and it, it's a team that I actually like, and I like what they did. But I think this is a pretty comfortable under, and it's the Chicago Bears, seven and a half. This is high, man. This team won three games last season, and listen, I loved everything they did. Do I wish they got one more interior offensive lineman? Yes, but you know. You, you could probably never get enough interior offensive alignment to make me happy anyway. So uh, this team got a receiver one. This team made good investments at running back. This team added to their defense. Uh, you're, you're hoping that some of the DBs take a second-year jump. You got some rookies on the defensive line I like. I really like what this team did, and I'm a huge Justin Fields truther. I think he's going to have a good season. But this team isn't going from three wins to eight wins. Like it's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, the defense should be better, but it's still probably going to be bottom third of the league. Um, it, this offense, while I think it's going to be better, more efficient, it's not going to be explosive through the air to really get to that eight nine win mark. So this is a pretty easy under for me. I, I think this team will look so much better and be a six seven win team, but eight wins seems like it's going to be too big of a stretch. Um, all right, Robertson. Let's have the let's have the Falcons conversation. And I guess if there's any other ones that you really care about, but I, I know what you want to do. All right. So I really like Desmond Ritter. <clears throat> Excuse me. On your podcast, I mean, I I explained how much I like Desmond Ritter. Uh, going back and watching the games that he played in last season, I was a little bit more discouraged than I initially was. Um, there's a lot of things he needs to fix, and I'm hoping he did fix them over the offseason because I'm excited for him. However, the team as a whole. I mean, it improved over the offseason. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that they're nine. This is a nine, 10 win team here. 
Could they win seven, eight games? Absolutely, I think so. But to say that they're going to win nine or ten, I mean, especially if you all are picking over on the Saints here, then I don't think that there's going to be two really good teams coming from the from the NFC South. So last year the Falcons won seven games. And they did that with Marcus Mariota, who I, I said all those Zach Wilson stats last week. Mariota was right there with him. Mariota was literally one of the bottom five quarterbacks of the league last season. Desmond Ritter came in as the as the weeks went along. Those four weeks he started was getting better and better and better. I don't. He's not going to be a top ten quarterback, but he's going to be worlds above where Mariota was last season. And as Ronan said, they add Bijan Robinson to turn some of those four yard Tyler Algier runs to eight yards. Some of those. You know, 10 yard runs to 30 yards and some of those 20 yard runs to 50 yard touchdowns. And this defense was also one of the worst in the league last season. And you're bringing in a new scheme from New Orleans. You're bringing a bunch of new players in. You're bringing a whole new style to this defense that is something that's much more dependable, I'd say, right? It focuses on big defensive linemen who are just going to kind of fill their gaps and and not give up a bunch of easy stuff. And, and you know, they, they played with a lot of small guys on the edge last season, wanted to go for speed. And they're just, they're like, you know what wins football games? Big people. Like, that's a good place to start. And, and that's what this defense is trying to do. Um, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, Caden Ellis at linebacker. Um, it, it's just going to be a much more sound defense. And even if it's still... I keep saying this, but like bottom third in the like 20s, this defense was a top 15 offense last season, I want to say. They were the third best running game last season, and they're leaning all the way into that. Again, to start with, they won seven games last year. I only need them to win two more games going from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter for 17 games. I feel really confident in that. Ben, what, what do you what do you think about the Falcons? Well, I, I, we've discussed this before. I'm, I tend to be on Robertson's side here. Now, listen, all the simulations I did, you know, basically brought the Falcons up to around eight or nine wins because when you just go through game by game, you kind of get that as you look through the season. I'm still not high on Ritter. Y'all know I wasn't huge on him coming through the draft. I even glanced at his preseason highlights on the, on the last game he played. I still see him, not just a little, throwing significantly behind his running backs out in the flat and his wide receivers just out in the flat. I mean, forget 20 yards downfield. He's still significantly throwing behind. So I, I still see problems there. And then y'all know I'm not as high on the defense as, as y'all guys are, and that's fine. I, I just didn't see the big the big improvement there. But um, still, I you know, despite those two things, I still had them coming up here in this 8-9 win category with a very good chance. It, you know, that's just what I kept coming back to. All right, that was round five. I know we could argue about the Falcons all night, but we're not that um, NFL Twitter hipster enough on this podcast as much as I try to push us in that direction. Let's move on to the sixth round here. And I don't know about you guys, but I am officially just about out of teams whose bet I feel good about. So this is going to be this will be interesting. Robertson, you're up with the first pick. Uh, you have the Colts under the Ravens over the commanders over the Jags over and the Browns under. What are you going to do here? This is tough because <laughs> I've already predicted one team in this division to go over and Ben predicted one of those teams to go over. I'm going Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to say over 
for the Cincinnati Bengals at 11 and a half. I think they get to 12, but that's if Joe Burrow is like healthy, healthy, like the entire season. I don't know where, where we are on that in terms of like news. And if he's, you know, projected to be ready to go for week one or how many games he potentially will end up missing, if any. Um, but I, I really like the Bengals. They, they made some decent improvements. Um, you know, they still have Joe Burrow. They still have Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. The defense is, you know, just got better, I think, over the offseason, even though they lost Jesse Bates. Um, the secondary is a question mark still for them, but I, I think they're going to be fine. They still have Joe Burrow and, and all of them. I like them a lot. I have them as, again, the Super Bowl contender, and even in a tough AFC, I still have them win 12 games. So this this one is definitely tough. Um, I had them as an under, but I definitely see the case for the over. The The latest we've gotten on Joe Burrow uh, from Ian Rappaport tweeted today, Zach Taylor, head coach on Burrow. He looks, quote, he looks great physically walking around. He looks as good as he's ever looked, end quote. These soft tissue injuries are so tough, man. You just never know what you're going to get, and this is something that can linger, and that's why I would have gone with the under for them. Um uh, you can't really discredit anybody saying, hey, they're going to be good. Uh, I will just say they only won, only quote unquote, uh, won 12 games last year. So we were saying to get this over, they have to be just as good as they were last year with Burrow having this injury and with uh, both of those safeties being uh, new, being young guys. So that, that'll that be interesting. That'll be tough. But um, at this point in the draft, I, I don't think it hurts to just take one of the best teams in the league and, and bank on the over. So not, not a bad pick there. Ronan, you are up next. You have the Vikings over the bucks under the Cowboys over the jets over and the Falcons over. What are you going to do here? I'm going to add some pessimism to the mix and I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers under uh, the line is at seven and a half. They won eight games last year um, doing the NFL math, right? Plus Aaron Rodgers equals one or two wins, right? Maybe even three. Subtract Aaron Rodgers. You could at the very least say one or two losses. Uh, go ahead and add that on. I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers under seven and a half. This was a team that I genuinely had no idea what to do with. I'm so interested and excited to see what this team looks like with the young offense. But it could be pretty tough. So I don't think that's a bad bet. Uh, ben, you are up next. You have the Steelers over, the Rams under, the Raiders under, the Chargers and 49ers overs. What are you going to do here? Yeah, you know, uh, for the first time, Ronan actually just took my pick. So um, I was also <laughs> going to pick the Packers under, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. Anyway, um, so I'll move on to my next one. I'm going to take the over on the Saints. And I, I don't think there's any surprise here. You all know I like the Saints. If for no other reason than the schedule. I mean, man, you go through that schedule and you're like, wow, how many weeks are they an underdog? Even if you don't put them as the favorite, just how many weeks are they the underdog? And it's not very often. I mean, most weeks it's either even or they are the favorite. Now, you add on to the fact that I actually like Derek Carr and I actually like what they did in the offseason to all the positions. They, they've got depth on the offensive line. They can pick a veteran or a young guy almost across the board. Um they lost a little bit on the defensive line, but they put it back in. So they should be okay on the defensive line. Um, the secondary, I like a couple of guys they got back there, like the linebacker spot. So 
all things considered, the division's not super hard, even though it's not necessarily, you know, it's not cream puff either. It's not super hard. So I'll take the over on the Saints at nine and a half. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad pick at all to go uh, seven wins last year with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Go to Derek Carr and, and hopefully have a little bit more health and availability offense. Not bad. Not bad. That was definitely a tough one, though. I have my last pick that I feel even somewhat good about here, and I don't even love this one. But I'm going to go with the Eagles over. They're at 11 and a half. That's a high number. It's tough. But it's hard to really point at where they got worse this season. They had 14 wins last year. Did they get three games worse from last year? I, I don't think so. Um, they they were very healthy last year up until the last you know three, four weeks of the season. So you're wondering if there's going to be some injury regression there. I know they at linebacker and safety got a little bit worse, but from a uh, advanced statistics standpoint, that's where you want to get worse compared to some other positions. Uh, I am going to take the over on the Eagles at 11 and a half, just banking on them getting, you know, having just one or two losses more than last or more than last season and, and still being able to hit that over. Um all right, good, good round there. Let, let's shorten this to like a one-person recap for these last couple of rounds. Ronan, go ahead and, you know, what, what were your thoughts on this round as a whole? I like the picks a lot, actually. Um, 11 and a half is always a steep number for an over-under, especially whenever we're not talking about, you know, maybe a top one or two team. Then again, you could probably argue that the Eagles, I mean, they were just in the Super Bowl. Um, so you can't argue that they are one of those top teams. Um, but I think 11 and a half, the over is completely doable for both of uh, the Bengals and the Eagles. The Saints, I think the addition of Derek Carr will, I, I see the Saints stock going up. I love the over on the nine and a half. Uh, and then obviously I'm a genius with my pick. All of right, course. let's move. Let's move on to. Uh, I think it's round seven now. I'm, lo- I'm losing count at this point. Round seven, Robertson, you're up. You have the Colts under, the Browns under, and the Bengals under, and you have overs for the Ravens, Commanders, and Jags. What are you going to do here? I actually have the over for the uh, uh, Bengals, but thank you. I am going to take, and I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to take the over on the Detroit Lions. Um, they have actually, I looked over their schedule real quick before I made this pick, which makes me feel even less confident about it because they have a decently tough schedule, but I think that this team is going to take a step forward uh, this year. I'm a, I, I'm a Jared Goff defender. Um, I don't love him, but I think that he's good enough in this offense. I think they added enough over the off season, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball for this team to, to improve. Um, I think they're actually going to win the North, the NFC North. So, whether that's with 10 or 11 wins, I got the Detroit Lions going over. Yeah, I did not want to have to pick make make this Lions pick. It's it's such a tough one. I think we've officially entered the realm of none of us are going to feel good about these picks uh, here in these last two rounds. So um, good on you, you know, for you and the Lions. Hoping that Jared Goff has two good seasons in a row. Best of luck to you. Ronan, you are up next. You have overs for the Vikings, Cowboys, Jets, and Falcons. You have unders for the Bucks and the Packers. What are you going to do here? I'm going to put my eggs in the Sean Payton basket, and I'm going to take the Denver Broncos, Broncos, Broncos over. Um, <laughs> I think Sean Payton is 
going to hopefully change things around as far as culture goes, right? It seemed like it was kind of a deer in the headlights situation last year, um, just all over the place, not just the head coaching situation in Denver. Um, hopefully Russ gets some accountability. It seems like the, the locker room was not on his side last year. Hopefully uh, things can change and he can have you know, little flashbacks of how he was in Seattle. But uh, you said it yourself. This is kind of where we're getting into murky water. And uh, I, I have a hard time taking the under on a Sean Payton team. This is you know, a lot to go right in Denver, man. This this is this is so tough. But you know, uh, I, I have nothing intelligent to say for this last couple of rounds. I don't think, man. This is a shot in the dark. It, it would have to be a big improvement. We'll see if that defense can continue to be in that near top ten range that they were for most of last season. I think that's where it's really going to count uh, for this team and, and the health of the offense already down two receivers. We'll see if Javante Williams um, is useful this year. It'll be interesting in Denver for sure. Ben, you are up next. You have overs for the Saints, 49ers, Chargers, and Steelers, and you have unders for the Rams and Raiders. What are you going to do here? I have still one pick that I'm okay with here, and it's this one. It's the Miami Dolphins and taking the under. And before I explain why I'm taking the under. I want to make it clear this team has a chance to be very good. I mean, there's a lot of pieces here to like. There's a lot of talent here. Um, so they could they could win the division. That's not unreasonable. They could do damage in the playoffs. That's not unreasonable. They could have 10, 11 wins. That, none of that is unreasonable. But I'll take the under on nine and a half because I have another problem. Number one, how healthy will Tua be? If Tua is healthy, can he continue to be as good as we saw him at times last year? That's still an unanswered question. Or do the defenses start to readjust to what he's going to do? How good is the offensive line? I'm still not convinced that it's going to be very good, especially with Teron Armstead. When Teron Armstead misses four or five games, the offensive line and the offensive production goes way, way down. So he usually misses four or five games every season. Then you add to the fact that Jalen Ramsey, who was supposed to be kind of the, the crowning piece of that defense, which should still be a very good defense. It looks like he's going to miss a lot of games this season. Then you add in the fact that it's a tough AFC. And more specifically, it's a tough AFC East. So, you know, I hate to be so pessimistic about the Dolphins because I really like a lot of the work that they've done. And yet, when you look at that nine and a half, I'm having a hard time getting them over. And it's a lot easier for me to see ways in which they fall under, whether it's through injuries or inconsistency or, you know, dad gummit, they just got to play a lot of tough teams. So, that's where I'm at. Dolphins under nine and a half. I really, I really like that one. Um, uh, Vic Fangio was supposed to add like maybe two wins to this defense, and that be based around Jalen Ramsey and, and him being out. It just it makes you just nervous enough, and and the health is going to be a factor. I don't usually like to project injuries, but this team is making it pretty easy for us to do that. I would say. Um, all right, I need to take an under here, guys, and I need to do it with one of these teams way down below because basically every, every year – I went back to like 2004, which is as far back as ESPN goes. At least six teams have finished with less than six wins, all right? And if you kind of look at what we've taken so far, just kind of trying to project who some of our unders are, we have about five teams where we already – have those teams that could be below the six win mark. So statistically, if we're going to say everything that the four of us are saying tonight is going to be true, we need one more team to really get 
under the six win mark. So who's the most likely to do that? Teams we have kind of in that category are the Texans, the Titans, the Giants, the Patriots, and the Panthers. And I am leaning on taking one of these teams that is is more of a younger base. And I'm I'm really trying to kind of uh, vamp here as I still make my final decision. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go trade down, Simon. My mind. Trade I'm, I'm trading my mind a hundred times here. I'm gonna go ahead and take the. Oh man, this is tough. The Panthers. I'm gonna take the Panthers. Um, they're at seven and a half. I'm gonna take the under for them. That's really really tough. Uh, but I like that extra one that they have over the Texans, who are set at six and a half. When I look at the team again, another team that I like what they did. They had they had seven wins last year, right? So I just need Bryce Young to account for one more win than what this team had last year. But remember, they also had Christian McCaffrey early on um, for those six games last year, helping out their offense. This team, from a weapon standpoint, while I like the bits and pieces, the way they've put this thing together for Bryce Young as a rookie. It's not going to be terribly explosive. And you look at this defense, and I think it has a chance to be really good. But like we were talking about with the commanders, is it going to be quite good enough to help a young offense out who's trying to find their way? That's as best as I can make myself feel about it. I'm going to take the Panthers under the seven and a half here to round out round seven. Uh, Ben, let's go to you. Um, What are kind of your final thoughts on this round here? Well, I'll just stay on the Panthers there. You know, listen, you and I both like different parts of that offensive line, but I don't think it's looked great in the preseason, right? So it's still a bit of a struggle. You bring in a rookie quarterback, you know, that can have growing pains. Um, You know, even though we like the support they've added, it's still a new coaching staff. So there's enough new there to where you can definitely see them falling under this this total here. So I'm totally okay with that. I definitely wouldn't pick the over. I mean, how am I going to pick a rookie quarterback with a new coach and offensive line that still looks like it might be struggling to pick pick the over here? I just can't do that. So, yeah, I would follow with the under if I had to pick one direction or the other. All right, let's get to the final round here. Robertson, you have our first pick of the final round. You have overs for the Ravens, Commanders, Jaguars, Bengals, and Lions. You have unders for the Browns and the Colts. What are you going to do here? Let me take the under here on the Tennessee Titans. And it has, before you get on me for Mike Vrabel, it has nothing to do with Mike Vrabel. Okay. It has nothing to do with Are you going to fire Mike Vrabel if he goes under? No, I'm not. Then it's fine. Um, Then it's fine. It has nothing to do necessarily with the rest of the team. It has to do with one position that's a quarterback. I think all three quarterbacks in Tannehill. Uh, Levis and Willis, I think they're all going to end up playing more than one. They're all going to end up starting more than one game this season. And that kind of turnover at the quarterback position. And again, beating a dead horse here in a stacked AFC, granted in a not so great division, but again, just, I mean, you you look around the offense, even with D hop and Derrick Henry, I mean, it's just not really that great, you know, and, the defense, are they going to be as good as they've been the past couple of years? I don't know about that. And then again, it, it really just comes down to quarterback. And we're splitting hairs here at this point in, in the draft here. But um, yeah, I'll take the Titans under mainly because of the turmoil that's going to be at the quarterback position. Do you think all three quarterbacks play because Tannehill gets hurt? Or do you think he gets benched? And if you think he gets benched, do you think it's for his play? Or just because the team is so bad? 
that they're like, hey, we just want to look at these young guys. I could see any scenario, honestly. I could see it because of the play. I could see it because of the injury. Um, you know, or they get to a point where in the season where, you know, they look around like, well, we have nothing else to play for. We have two young quarterbacks we need to find out about. So, I mean, at some point they need to look at themselves and be like, okay, is Ryan Tannehill actually going to do anything for us this season? Um, I'm not too confident in that. I've I've liked his time for the most part in Tennessee. It's been a little underwhelming at times, but they have two young quarterbacks. They have to find out about him. I mean, it would be irresponsible for them not to, especially during a season where they're not really going to be contending for much, to be quite honest with you. Maybe a wild card spot at best. But again, looking long term at this team, what does that do for you exactly with Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, not not bad analysis there. Um, I still kind of stand on. I don't. I don't know how long term thinking these guys are. I think Vrabel is the like he won that he won that power struggle as we've talked about. I, I, I but there there is certainly many many worlds where Tannehill does not play all seventeen games for a multitude of reasons. So I, I definitely think this is fair. Ronan, let's get your last pick of the night. You have overs on the Vikings, Cowboys, Jets, Falcons, and Broncos. You have unders for the Packers and Bucks. What are you going to do here? I'm going to do something that's probably going to be considered unpopular among uh, this podcast, and I'm going to be taking the Houston Texans under. Um, They had three wins last year. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, you, You were talking about whenever you were debating between the Panthers and all the other teams. Uh, someone's you know unfortunately got to be one of those six or less team or win teams and I I think the Texans fall into that category I'm just not really sold on a lot of their position groups uh, offensively and defensively they have a rookie quarterback uh, defensive minded head coach it's just not the concoction in my mind for a breakout season right away for CJ Stroud or even this defense. So I will be taking the under on the Houston Texans uh, six and a half line. Boo, boo. I I haven't fully decided which of these defenses I like better, but I think D'Amico Ryans, I mean, him in and Jura Evero going to the Panthers and the Texans could make these defenses both top 15, like legitimately right away. Uh, I think this could be really, really interesting. Um, but hey, they're down here for a reason. They have six and a half for a reason. Uh, somebody has to do it. So uh, it, it's not it's not bad. Ben, you're up with your last pick. Um, you have the overs for the Steelers, Chargers, Niners, and Saints, and you have the unders for the Rams, Raiders, and Dolphins. What are you going to do here? Well, I gotta say, this is the first time tonight where I don't like either of my choices or any of my choices. I'm down to two teams. I think the over-unders are pretty square on for both of these teams. And Ronan, I think, three times now has picked the team that I was going to pick. So um, he's he's the one robbing me tonight, unfortunately, because I'm, I'm there on the Texans. And, and listen, if there were any real Texan believers in here, they would have already picked the over a couple of rounds ago. But they, you know, they didn't do that. <laughs> All right, I'll, t- I'll quit taking shots and I'll say my pick now. Um, the Patriots and Giants are left, right? They're both at seven and a half, and I feel like that, those are both reasonable. But I'll take the Giants with the over. Um, and y'all know I'm not a fan of everything that they've done. But, you know, you look at how – I'm a believer in Dable, Brian Dable for sure, and you look at all that they did in the offseason, they didn't get worse. They got better. 
So, you know, if I've got to pick something here between these two teams, I'll take the Giants with the over to maybe get eight, nine wins. Um, even though you do have to play the Eagles and the Cowboys two times each, I don't think that it's unreasonable for them to come away with a victory somewhere in there. And then the rest of the schedule, scratch and claw your way back, just like they did last year. So while I'm not really picking that, I'm going to pick that right here. Uh, I'll take the over for the New York Giants. All right. I like that. That was uh, of those these last two teams, as you said, uh, that was the direction I would have gone with the Giants. So that leaves me with the Patriots. Kind of interesting that they're the very last team nobody wanted to take in this draft. I'm going to take the under. They're at seven and a half. I'm going to take the under. This defense could very well be a top one, two, three defense, and that could very well get them to eight, nine wins. Um, but I, I just think this offense, as we talked about last week, isn't going to have quite enough to get there. I, I feel much better about taking the under here for the Patriots than the over, even with the coaching change on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, all right, so that is it. So here are the final results of the draft. So we have the overs on the Ravens, Commanders, Jaguars, Bengals, and Lions. The Broncos, the Falcons, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Niners, the Saints, and the Giants. Then the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Bills, and the Chiefs. It feels like a lot of overs. We have the unders on the Colts, the Browns, and the Titans, the Texans, the Packers, and the Bucks, the Rams, Raiders, and Dolphins, and then the Patriots, the Panthers, the Bears and the Cardinals. Guys, what does it say about me that I have the most unders? What does what does that tell everybody? Do we think I'm the most pessimistic here? Is that how it goes? Not necessarily. Not to me, no. We also found out I'm the most online last week because I also had the most off-season brain selection. So I don't know. Interesting correlation we've got going on over here. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, everybody? Yeah, on my side here, I, I will say, while the comfort level was really the, the part that I questioned in, in almost every pick that you and I disagreed on. In most cases, I fell on the same side of the over-under that you guys were falling. I just wasn't as comfortable with it as some of y'all were. Um, so really, in probably 30 of these 32 picks, I was on the same side of the over-under, which, you know, that surprised me. I thought there would be more flipping than there really was. And if I'll you... Go that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go, Robertson. I'll echo what Ben said. I mean, there was a handful of teams that I didn't agree with some of the picks, but mostly like I'd say like 27, 28 of the teams. I, you know, I pretty much agree with, or I can see easily the scenario happening where they either go over or under. So, I mean, I don't think that there was that much like, you know, dissension amongst the picks that everybody made. Ronan, any final thoughts? I, I think we're all uh, in, on the same level, right? Or at least same page uh, here at Box Score Network. And it's refreshing to see. Maybe, maybe we need to mix it up, though. We need, we need yeah, someone to be like, like the black sheep. It won't last. It won't last. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, so we're either all geniuses or we're all idiots. You can decide at home. <laughs> um, listen, for a lot of these, uh, first off, the, the last two rounds, I mean, psh, it's a crapshoot. Do whatever you want. For those first six rounds, but everyone really – I haven't looked at the official numbers on this. We we probably statistically speaking, we probably do have too many overs. If you're trying to figure out how many of these are going to hit right, the under in a lot of bets, especially in the NFL, is just the smarter bet because of 
because of injuries, because of game scenarios, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so, so if you're not sure, like the under is probably the best way to go or just go with whatever has the most juice. And that's going to be way more fun to root for anyway. So who really cares? Um, all right. This has been the Statue Podcast over under draft. Special thanks to Robertson Vire of Odds on Favorite for joining us once again. Robertson, thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Always love coming on. Absolutely. So uh, for the next two weeks here before the regular season, we're going to hopefully continue to have representatives from Box Score Network on this podcast to help us preview the 2023-2024 regular season. So make sure you are subscribed to the pod and following on Twitter at the stat sheet pod to stay updated. Also follow the box score network at B score network on Twitter as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.